Welcome to today's episode of Juicing the Numbers. I am your co-host, Joshua Tracy. And I am Corwin Heller. And today we're going to be talking about uh, MLB free agency. So this is the non-statistics episode. It's our Monday edition. So we're really just going to be kind of chit-chatting about what's been going on with it. Because it's... Well, for one thing, you know, it is an event every year. But it, it, it's, it's the second year in a row of it being exceedingly quiet. Mm-hmm. All right. You want to get started with it since uh, this is your wheelhouse? Sure. So we're recording this on uh, January 25th. Uh, as of right now, Machado and Harper, the two expected giant free agents of this class, haven't done anything. Do you have any thoughts on what's going on with that before we get to the other signings? I mean, I know the rumors have been that Manny Machado's offers have been significantly lower than what his asking price has been, and that's kind of been what his holdup is. I am absolutely clueless on what's going on with Bryce Harper, so I can't even begin to speculate what's going on there. Um, How about you? Uh, Harper, I think, is an interesting case because... He seems. I th- I think his biggest issue is it, one inconsistency, and then two the fact that Machado isn't signed yet. Because mm. I I kind of think it seems so weird. Because once outfield, once infield, you don't think that they should be keeping each other out of play. But I think they're keep you're kind of keeping each other out of play because I think a lot of teams are like not a lot of teams, but I think that the teams that would be in on them would be like well. All right, I'm going to get one, but I want to see what the one gets before I pick which one I'm going to like make a bigger push for. I I feel like they're waiting for one of those two guys to set the market, and since neither one of those guys is happy with the market, they haven't been able to set the market. Like it's been a it's been like a weird game of chicken between everyone involved. Um, right. I think there's a general downward trend in uh, high end contracts, big fancy contracts. I don't think we're going to see another Giancarlo Stanton-style contract for quite some time. I think people are afraid of years. I think people are afraid of the back end of players' careers in the in the what we can say is the post-steroid era. Uh, Machado, I think, is a little bit weirder that he hasn't been signed yet. I kind of expect him to be signed about ah, 20 days ago. I was really expecting him to be signed like the week after the New Year happened. But Harper, I'm not as surprised with because I, I want him on the Yankees just just to, to get that out of the way. I'm not like I'm about to shit talk him a little bit, but like I did still want him on my team. He's a much less consistent player than Machado. Machado has been remarkably consistent throughout his entire MLB career thus far, whereas Harper has like the the ceiling of winning the MVP a few years ago. But the floor of hitting like 230 with like a really good walk rate and like decent power, but being an awful fielder. Whereas Machado has like a gold glove, and if he didn't play in the American League, which is just stacked, had a chance, I think, at MVP um, the past couple years. So I think it's tough because I think that the teams that have the most money to throw around are also the teams that are the most statistically oriented which I think, therefore, also makes the teams less willing to throw their money around. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. Um, I don't see the Yankees being that team that just takes fistful of dollars out of their safe and just throwing it at players, hoping it works out anymore. So um, 
I'm surprised that they haven't. I mean, if the Machado rumors are true, I'm surprised that they haven't offered something um, significantly more competitive. Um, I mean, they've had a couple signings this so far this year that have kind of pieced them in a position where they don't need him quite as much. Um, it's definitely something that I would agree that they need to be putting the pedal to the floor almost, if you will, um, to try and snag him, though. I don't want to keep this super Yankees-heavy just because I could talk about the Yankees forever. Um, I, yeah. I will say, though, that it, they're not a t- when you win 100 games, it's hard to look at a player and think he's going to be a massive improvement to my roster. You know, mm-hmm. Machado would be a massive improvement to the White Sox roster. Um, Machado would be a, 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 a really good improvement to the Yankees lineup. It wouldn't be game-changing. It, the reason I, I'm so in favor of it, and again, I'm, I know it sounds like I'm, I'm downplaying Harper and Machado, and I'm not. The reason right. I'm, I, you'd still want to do it is because it doesn't cost you anything other than dollars, you know? When, when, mm-hmm. when the, the Yankees are, are picked up fucking Luke Voigt, it cost them one of their uh, main, bu- not main bullpen guys, but like, like a, a consistently their bullpen guy, you know? I'm not saying that like the world misses Chase and Shreve, but I'm saying it costs you dollars and a major league player. You know, whereas Machado would only cost you dollars, which in the grand scheme of things, in terms of the future of your baseball organization, if you're a giant like the Yankees or the Dodgers or the Red Sox or whomever, it's not that big of a deal because you can recoup that just in the increasing year-to-year value of your business anyway. So I, 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 was, I was thinking about the easiest way or the most um, palatable way of getting through this. Um and I think maybe going division by division might be the best just because I think that will also give us the opportunity to talk about where teams kind of stand as of right now and give context for their moves. You want to do that? Making me bring up the division so I don't fuck something up. So uh, why don't we start with the ALEs since we were already talking about the Yankees. So uh, the Yankees didn't... They Well, no, they, they signed... Um, Adam Adovino into the bullpen. They mm-hmm. signed J.A. Happ. They signed C.C. Sabathia, Brett Gardner, D.J. LeMayu. So in addition to that, they also signed Troy Tulowitzki. Uh, they they took him after the uh, Blue Jays cut him. So I know I guess that technically counts as as a free agency signing. There's also a, a bunch of minor league dudes I don't know, although one of them is Danny Farquhar, whom I am so excited about. So fucking excited about Danny Farquhar. Beautiful story. I honestly don't know who that is. He is the relief pitcher on the White Sox who suffered um, a brain hemorrhage last year. Oh, he was the one that was hit in the head. No, he just had it happen in the in sitting down like a normal guy. It. That's the thing. No, it just that shit just fucking happened. Yeah. yeah, no, I, re- I remember that name. Like, it rings a bell, and, like, the Reds or the White Sox were, you know, big in supporting him and going to the hospital, like, after games and stuff. And I remember that. I just – I thought he was the pitcher that got hit in the head. That's significantly more scary than I thought. Oh, yeah, no. Okay, I, I – uh, a friend of mine actually had that happen to them, and 
miraculously lived. Like, it's it, it's a big deal to fucking live through that shit. So, um, I am so happy to have him on the team in whatever capacity. I, I really want him to pitch. If he pitches one inning in the majors this year and I get to watch it, I'll be fucking thrilled. But overall, I mean, the Yankees picked up um, starting pitching depth in re-signing Jay Happ and re-signing CeCe Sabathia, and they also traded for um, James Paxton. Uh, they brought Gardner back on a one-year deal, which makes a lot of sense. They replaced, um, what's his name, Neil Walker with DJ LeMahieu, which I think is an up, a good upgrade. They uh, replaced Jason Shreve and a half season of um, Zach Britton with a full season of Zach Britton. They replaced um, David Robertson. Ah, uh, there we go. They replaced David Robinson with um, Adam Adovino, and they picked up Troy Tulowitzki seemingly for the fuck of it. So uh, I, I, I'm. If the Yankees don't do anything else, I'll be mildly upset only because they still have a fuck ton of money that they have the capability of spending. But to me, this this looks really good. I'm confused as to why they're signing so many middle infielders. Oh, it's because uh, Didi Gregorius had Tommy John surgery and is missing the first four months of the season. Like, I get that. So I'm assuming they're going to move Glaber over to short. Well, that's where Tulewitzki is going to play if he's healthy. Not move Glaber over and start LeMahieu? No, because they want Glaber Torres to be a second baseman. Because the okay. thing with second, this thing with second baseman is there's no such there's a there's a there's a thing that there's no such thing as natural second baseman. Second baseman are people who were in the minors playing shortstop and then get moved to second base out of the team that they in the system's necessities. Necessity. And that was Glaber. Right. That's why he, people would have been saying he'd moved to shortstop because he's a natural shortstop. But the Yankees want him to get used to playing second base because he had like the second or third most errors as a second baseman last year and he didn't play a full season. Like, he needs to get used mm-hmm. to playing second base. So, okay. I would assume that they would put Tulowitzki there, and then on, if he's healthy, and then on Tulowitzki's off days, um, either move Glaber over there and put in LeMahieu at second, or just put LeMahieu there because they're planning on mu- using LeMahieu as a utility player, not a second baseman. Huh. I mean, I feel like LeMahieu's a bit too big to be an effective. Like, he would remind me of a Manny Machado shortstop, which is just clearly not a natural position for him. Um, I think that he's too good of a player just to be a fill-in-where-you-can-utility kind of player. Um, so I will be interested in seeing kind of what they do with him long-term. I'm surprised that they're trying to use Tulowitzki as an everyday player considering the drop-off he's had with all his injuries. Um, drop-off is putting we'll it very kindly. Right. I yeah. mean, he basically crashed from upper orbit. Yeah, I mean, he was on a Hall of Fame trajectory to being a oh, yeah. massive what-if. Um, I mean, that, that's one of the reasons the Yankees fans have been saying Machado makes so much sense there because we've got nothing but money and a hole at shortstop for the first, you know, four months of the season. Mm-hmm. For reference, by the way, Tulowitzki, or... Um, Lomayhu is the same size as Didi Gregorius. Just saying. Is he really? Yes, he is. I think. I think an inch taller. It's not a big difference. 
The Yankees are one of the, like, the tallest teams in the league. They are big people. Jesus, now i got to look this stuff up. And I can't because my J and L keys still don't work, so I can't type DJ LeMahieu in. But I, I'm very happy. Uh, he's a gold glove, gold glove player, so I think he's got um, nothing but defensive uh, great defensive capability to do whatever the fuck he feels like. Uh, the Red Sox have done shockingly nothing. They <laughs> they 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 re-signed Ivaldi uh, for f- oh four years. Wow, I forgot it was that. Forgot it was that long. They re-signed Steve Pierce. They picked up Gorkis Hernandez. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's funny as shit. And uh, minor league contract that makes sense. And some dude named Carson Smith I've never heard of before. Um, what do you think about the, these? four very insignificant moves from the Red Sox. I genuinely think that the Red Sox are going to have the largest fall off this season of any team. I just, they definitely didn't, they got worse player wise. Um, I don't know how they're going to manage going through the season with the bullpen that they have. Um, I just see them being major regression candidates this year. And none of their free agent signings answered any of their major questions. No, I, I was about to disagree with you because they're just such a good team at the pieces that they're really good at. They're also such mm-hmm. a mediocre to bad team at the positions they're not really good at. Uh, the only real strength to their bullpen last season was Craig Kimbrell, who's gone. Uh, Brian Brazier looked really good, and he could be promising going forward, but I wouldn't bank on you know, most of a season's performance from him. Mookie Betts way outperformed his average performance as a ball mm-hmm. player. You know what his, his OPS plus was 50 points higher than his next highest OPS plus per Jesus season. Christ. Like, you, you're you're right that they're probably up for one of the biggest, Only also only because they're, they finished so... 108 wins is so many wins. Like, if, right. if they finish at 90 wins, which is a respectable season, 90 wins, that's still an 18 game difference. And that's just, a, it's, and that's why I think you could be right, just because they finished last season so high. I don't think they're going to be anywhere near a losing season. They're still going to give no, the no, Yankees no, no. every ounce of fight they have for that division. But I see your point that they, they, they could have a huge drop off just because of how high their, their ceiling was last year. I really, if they had, if they finish the season with 85 wins, I don't think I would be all that surprised. And that's a huge drop-off. I'd be surprised, but if you said, oh, it's because Chris Sale and David Price got hurt, I'd go, that makes sense. Both of those dudes were remarkably healthy last year. And I, yeah, and I, like know, I, and I know Chris Sale had two DL stints last year. That's mm-hmm. still healthy for Chris Sale. Right. Like I just don't trust. Like, so many things went right for them last year that – Really, I don't think are going to have a chance of happening again. I'd put them at I put them in about ninety five wins. I think would be fair. Okay. Uh, I think I think that's their true potential. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. You're right. Everything did kind of break their way. The Rays um, they signed Avisayo Garcia, Charlie Morton, and Jake Smolinski, who I've never heard of. Oh, <laughs> minor league contract. That makes sense. What do you think about the so, Rays? Just for uh, sake of getting rid of like these minor league deals, uh, for the trade rumors tracker, I just put it as anything greater than like a million dollars, just so we get rid of all like those minor league deals. 
Okay. But what do you what, so what do you, what do you think figured. of these I guess two more and or larger raise deals? Um again, I'm surprised. I know we talked about this in the past, but I'm surprised that they signed Charlie Morton to the deal that they did. Um with the way they were going with having openers and really only having Snell as their one mainstay as a starting pitcher. Um, I'm surprised they gave him $30 million. Um, as for Garcia, I don't know really enough about him to have an opinion on him. So that's all I got to say. Uh, I, th- I think this makes sense. I mean, don't forget in our previous conversations about the Rays, it's always been that they've been doing the opener because they have to do the opener because they don't have a lot of money or Fair major enough. league talent, for that matter. Um, Fair enough. So what I saw as a projection, which I think is very fair, is that they'll do uh, Snell at the top and then Morton and then um, some combination of opener, uh, what's-his-face... Ryan, no, not Ryan Yarbrough. Um, who who do they take from the Pirates? Um, oh, Tyler Glasgow, Glasnow. Tyler Glasnow, and then and then another. So so two opener days and Tyler Glasnow as the bottom three spots. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah, we'll we'll see. I I I think this is fair. They picked up a a n outfield bat in Avisiel Garcia. And Charlie Morton's Luke. I'm a little bit more surprised that they didn't go with Dallas Keuchel, although that could just be a years thing over a dollars mm-hmm. thing, um, because I bet that they just didn't want to go that far down the road. You, you know, Charlie Morton's at the end of his career. He was, I th- I've, last I heard it was either um, a short-term, con- like if he didn't get a, de- a, a, a nice enough offer, I heard he was going to retire. I think he's 35. Wow. Like, he's not young. Um, Born in Flemington, yes, sir. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think the Rays are primed to have a nice season. I have a hard time saying they're going to do what they did last season again. Although I would love it because I think it was fascinating, just from a baseball stats perspective. But I, I'd put them around mm-hmm. the uh, eighty-five, ninety-win mark. I know Brent Honeywell is supposed to come back somewhere around June, and uh, a lot of people were pegging him for a big breakout last year. Um, he's their top prospect, one of the top pitching prospects in baseball. Hopefully he can figure it out and stay healthy this year and uh, come back strong for them. Yeah, I always root for not injuries. Not injuries are always good. He's a douche, though, so can't root for him too hard. All right. Uh, that's fair. <laughs> All right, so then we got um, the Blue Jays. They signed Matt Shoemaker, formerly of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Fuck that fucking name. And uh, David Phelps, who I have no idea who David Phelps is. So they signed a starting pitcher to, I guess, take over Marco Estrada, who just today got announced as going to the Oakland Athletics, um, and then picked up a relief pitcher. I, I don't care what the the Blue Jays did. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Phelps they're the fourth is best team kind of in this nobody. division. <laughs> Matt Shoemaker is not a great pitcher. Um, 
is what it is. They're not changing much this year. No. I and I don't blame them. I mean, I think I think this year for Blue Jays fans is going to be more about Vlad Guerrero Jr. than anything else. <laughs> and maybe yeah. um uh Bichette's kid. What's his name? Um Bo Bichette. Bo yeah, Bo Bichette. I, I if if he makes an appearance, which I would hope he would cuz Yeah, I mean this team sucks. <laughs> And why mm. not? So, do you think? Let me ask you this: Do you think Vlad Guerrero makes the um, opening day roster, or do you think they have uh, have him wait till like June? Yeah, I think they're going to have him wait a couple months at least, just to uh, extend his team control service time. Um, yeah, it's just such yeah, bullshit. I mean, they're not but it's going a separate in. conversation. Yeah. I am so against that as just being a thing. But yeah, there's they have no reason to get him up any sooner than they have to. I'm I'm I am in agreement. Actually, before I even look, do you think the have you heard anything about the Orioles signing anybody? Oh God, no. Let's see. Oh no, they have three acquisitions, all minor league. I don't care about any of them. Oh, yep. God. All right. So we're just gonna we're just gonna how move the fuck so on. Ba- I just want to say, how are they so poorly run as a team? Well, no, believe it or not, this is what they needed to do like two or three years ago. But it could have been so much less painful if they did it two or three years ago because they had trade pieces. And what they did is that they didn't trade any of them until Mm -hmm. this year when they barely had much value because the team around them was bad. And, And now they're bottoming out the hardest I've ever seen a team bottom out with no end in sight, but at least they can't get worse. Over under forty wins this year. I have to say over just because to predict under forty wins is, is it's it's like predicting <laughs> over over ninety five wins. It, it it's it's you like know it could happen. Over but, under a win for the Browns, like in recent yeah. years. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> who do you pick as the division winner for the American League East if you were forced to? As much as I hate to fucking say it to your face, I think it's the New yeah. York Yankees. Yeah, it is, bitch. Same. All right, let's move on to the AL Central. Yeah. Yeah, I'm all for that. All right, the so Indians. let's start with let's start with our our, our local not little than our local. Let's start with the Cleveland Indians. <laughs> Have they signed um, any? Oh, they have one signing. They, they signed, signed Oliver, Oliver Perez. Perez. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so uh, I guess that's that's their Andrew Miller replacement, right? And Cody Allen lost him yesterday. That's right. I forgot about that. Um, Do you yeah. care? About Oliver Perez? No. Do I care about losing Andrew Miller, Michael Brantley, Cody Allen, our team, Josh Donaldson? Everyone. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think the Indians are just sitting there thinking to themselves, um, this division's bad, and we're probably going to win it, so we're just going to punt. <laughs> I think I so think they're much. just punting on this offseason. And honestly, can't blame them. Really, they, they barely tried last year and still won the division. So, like, right, maybe they'll just see how it goes. so much worse this year. I just like they struggled at who, times to control but, this division. Who's they who's the competition? Struggled. The White Sox is probably the closest. Maybe the Twins. Maybe. I mean, the Twins 
were showing signs of life last year. The White Sox showed signs of life last year. I just let's. Uh... I'm not worried about winning the division. I'm worried about being a competitive baseball team with the rest of Major League Baseball, and I just don't see them doing that this year. And it sucks. It'll certainly so be a. It'll certainly be an interesting season in the AL Comedy Central once again. Uh, but speaking of the Twins, let's shift on over to them. Uh, they signed Ronald Torres, uh, Nelson Cruz, Martin Perez, who's a starting pitcher, I don't know, uh, Jonathan Scope, and Blake Parker. How do you feel about these guys? Um, Shope, I mean, Shoop, however the fuck you pronounce his name. I mean, he's really the only major player who's not at retirement age. Um I mean, hopefully Nelson Cruz can sque- uh, hopefully Nelson Cruz can squeeze another year out of his career. I mean, Blake Parker, Martin Perez, Martin Perez is all right at three and a half million, but you know, other than that, nothing exciting. Yeah, I mean, the, I think these are all fill-in gaps. You know, um, a starting pitcher. Uh, not to forget, they should get. Um, the guy from the fucking Yankees. Oh my God! What's his fucking? Why can't I think of a name? Today? Ronald Torres. No, no, the the pitcher that we we traded to the the Twins. Oh, Do, uh, Dominican dude. Pineda. Yes, Miguel uh, Pineda. So they they get Miguel Pineda back this season, which will increase their starting pitching Isn't depth. It Michael. Um. Is it Michael Pineda? Thought it was. Yeah. Uh, might be. Doesn't matter. I might be over Hispanicizing his name. Oh well, doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it is Michael. Uh, it's just his name. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Jonathan Scope, I think, is a good player. I know he had a rough outing with the Brewers last year after they traded for him, but I, I still think he's a good player. Haven't seen plenty of him when he was on the Orioles. I think Ronnie Torres is is mildly underrated, but he's not going to you know elevate this Twins team that much that it really matters. So, I think right. this is fine. I think this is totally fine. This is a end off season for the Twins. Acceptable. I th- it it could be enough to rival the um Indians depending on how the waves break. We shall please see. Please for the love of God, please for the love of God, do not trade any more starting pitchers. Speaking um, of the Indians, This is a non sequitur that we don't need to head back around to, so we can move on. Okay. Uh, the White Sox, they signed Calvin Herrera, uh, two minor league dudes, James McCann, and John Jay. These are all John guys. Jay, yep. He's got some of the best hair in baseball. White boy dreads. Um, nope. I think I'm thinking of someone else. No, you're thinking of John Jay. Yeah, John Jasso. Yeah. Never mind. Fuck John Jay. Who is retired, by the way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, I do remember last year he tried to head down to, like, uh, the dugout area just to say hi to, like, some of his old teammates, and the ushers refused to yeah. let him into the lower bowl. Yeah, they're, they're like, they're like, bud, you don't belong here. He goes, no, I used to play for the race. And they go, sure you did, bud. And he's like, no, really, that's my coach. 
Yeah, uh, if you don't know who John Jaso is, uh, his last name is spelled J A S O. Look him up. He's he's a gr- great hilarious. dude, but he's a goofy so looking funny. motherfucker. Yeah. But do you? I see I the White Sox progression this year not coming from any of these free agent acquisitions. I see it coming from their young talent talent developing, like Yoan Moncada mm-hmm. having a better season. Guys like um, the people that they've been trading for in, in their teardown from a few years ago. Right. So I don't really, unless they sign Manny Machado or Bryce Harper, which I would honestly, <clears throat> I would honestly kind of love. I don't, I don't think any of these players are intended to be. Or are going to be what makes the White Sox more competitive this year. No, I'm with you on that completely. All right, then let's talked... go over to the Tigers. Uh, they signed Matt Moore. Oh, Tyson Ross. I must. I forgot that they signed Tyson Ross. Uh, Jordan and Jordy Mercer, who I have no idea who that is. Um, uh, played for the Pirates. No, that makes sense. That. Do 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 you care about any of these acquisitions? I mean, Jordy Mercer is a decent shortstop that won't start for them. Matt Moore hasn't been a thing in such a long time. Um, Tyson Ross, didn't he get cut by the team last year? By the Padres? No, he got traded. Right? I thought he got cut. Yeah, no, they claimed him off waivers in August. The Cardinals claimed him. Oh, so they did cut him. Yeah, they cut him in uh, August. I mean, that shouldn't change much about his, I don't know, hype as a pitcher. Um, I mean, he's arguably one of their better pitchers right now, um, as is. So, I mean, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm not terribly excited for him. I, I mean, the the Tigers' main issue last year was pitching. Their hitting was actually fine, from what I recall. Uh, I, I didn't do any research into this. Why should you expect me to do that? Yeah, but exactly. if, based, strictly, based strictly on memory, I, I believe that their problem was, like, them and the Rangers had, although the Rangers actually had a good offense, I recall their, their, their pitching mm-hmm. just being f- abysmal. But I think the Tigers were a little bit less extreme version of that. So, do I think they're going to be good this year? No. Um, I they, they didn't get worse. That's something. Uh, yeah, so, that's true. Yeah. Is Cabrera going to make a comeback this year? Maybe. It doesn't matter. They're going to have to play him regardless. Like, it, it, it yeah. Jesus. It, they're so hampered by that contract, and they should never have given it to him, but... Is what it is. Did you, did you hear that Castellanos asked for a trade before the spring? I don't blame him. I don't care what he wants. Um, that's, <laughs> you know, I mean, fuck, man. Baseball players are gonna be playing on bad teams. I I think it's a bad look. I think it's something he probably should have talked more privately about. Um, because chances are the Tigers were going to do that since he's one of their only good players and they need more players that could possibly pan out in the future. They don't need good players right now. So I don't know why he would be saying this publicly like it's the fucking NBA where you have the power to just do that. But um, I don't I don't blame him. I'll put it that way. I don't, I don't, I don't blame him. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So let's, uh, let's move so, on. So 
the Royals. Mm-hmm. What do you? They they did. Hold on, I have their thing up. They did. They did two things. They signed Billy Hamilton, and some guy named Chris Owings. I don't know. Um, what do you think? What do you think? Chris Owens was kind of a super utility player for the Diamondbacks last year. I actually like that signing for three million. I think that's a very good deal for them, uh, value wise. I wish I could care about Billy Hamilton, but he showed absolutely nothing last year of value. Um, his hitting has absolutely plummeted. I mean, he still has the speed. Um, he could still steal bases. It's just his on-base percentage was embarrassingly low last year. So I do not have a lot of hype for him. No, I mean, they're clearly going for a speed thing, but you're right. The problem is that if Hamilton doesn't get on base, then what's the point of having the speed, which was his problem his whole career with the Reds. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, we'll see. Uh, If you had to pick a division winner for the AL Central, who would you pick? Uh, Boy, that's... I mean, the Indians, just because yeah, they're the it, only competitive team. <laughs> now, if, now, if you had to pick a second-place team, who would you pick? Uh, I'd go with the Twins. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I think if everything breaks the right way for the White Sox, then maybe, but I think it, the Twins are far more likely to oh, do yeah. something interesting with their season. Uh, plus, they have a really good manager. I mean, their manager won manager of the year last year. So the, Yeah. I they've mean, they've got it down. They got what Eddie Rosario, Byron Bucks, Byron Buxton. I mean, they have some good players on their team. I just don't see them competing with the Indians. Even no, it'll it'll be tough Indians to compete with the team that's diminished. you know. Yeah, the, the Indians are actually a good team. So I went to go see if the um. We'll move into the AL West. I went to go mm-hmm. see if the Astros have done a thing, and they have done literally nothing. So they signed uh, Michael Brantley. Oh, but that, that's, a, that's a trade. Ah, I see why my problem is. I'm looking at free agents. Yeah. Um, neat. That's all I have to say about Michael Brantley. He's a um, stack cast darling in that he uh, has a good hard um, contact rate and uh, I guess the right launch angle statistics and shit, but... Um, I don't think I, I don't think that the he's gonna make the team much better only because that team's already super fucking good. So I don't think there's anything I to say about it. Disagree with you. I think Michael Brantley is one of the most underrated players in Major League Baseball. I think he's going to be an everyday starter for them. Um, I don't think he's going to be the cornerstone of that outfield by any means. Um, he's a little too old for that, but. I think he's going to make them a more competitive team, despite the Astros already being one of the best teams in baseball. That's what I'm saying. Is, is I don't know how they can be more competitive than they already. I mean, I think he makes the team marginally better, and that they won't have to play Jake Marisnik anymore. But I don't know. <laughs> oh, there it is. They also signed Robinson Chirinos as catcher. Um, yep. I I don't know that that really. I mean, what edge is there to push them over? They were the AL the American League favorites last season. Um, yeah. I, I don't know how you get much better than that, and that's why. Like, I, if, if the Astros traded for Chris fucking Sale, I still wouldn't say that that makes them... No, well, they lost a bunch of pitchers. What's a position that's really deep? If they signed Manny Machado, I wouldn't say it makes them much better, because it just doesn't. There are, they're so right. fucking good. 
Like, it just doesn't matter, you know? I mean, either way you put it, you're signing a three-time All-Star who just put up a year where he batted 309 with a 468 slugging and a OPS plus of 123. I mean, you're still being a you're still becoming a better team than you were. Yeah, no, like I said, I, I think I think that they'll yep. be good, but I don't I don't see any marker for them to be diving overhead. Um, regardless, the Oakland Athletics uh, they re-signed Mike Fires. They picked up Joaquin Saria. They signed some guy named Chris Herman, and as I said previously, they signed Marco Estrada, which just happened today. So, um, three pitchers and a catcher. What yeah. do you think? I mean, Marco Estrada is an okay starting pitcher. Mike Fires is an okay starting pitcher, and Joaquin Soria is a slightly better than okay relief pitcher. I mean, none of this is super exciting, but none of this is bad. I mean, their pitching last year was one of the worst in baseball. So, I mean, any improvement is a major improvement. Yeah, I I, I think you hit the nail on the head with it. This is kind of the same thing as the Rays. They were the only other team to do the opener strategy consistently, and that was, again, due to necessity. So the fact that they signed several pitchers is, I think, shocking to nobody and Mm -hmm. uh, probably the right decision there. So, yeah, cool. Um, I think they will still be good because their hitting is Mm -hmm. good, and holy fuck, the Mariners have done so much. Goddamn. Um. All right. Let's. Yeah. Let, I'm only going to say a couple of these because we're going to go with just the major league ones. Um, Ruben Alani's never heard of relief pitcher. Corey Gearin, relief pitcher, never heard of him. A uh, couple of minor leaguers, Ichiro Suzuki, uh, Tim Beckham, hey Yusei Kikuchi, and Dylan Moore. Um, what is there to say about the Mariners? What is there I mean, to say got, about the got, Mariners? They got Tim Beckham too, which I th- I like Tim Beckham as a player. I like Tim Beckham too, actually. Um, and I mean, I'm looking at his contract—a one-year, one point seven five million dollar contract. Yes, please. I mean, damn, like that is pennies. Um, so I love that signing. Everyone who, everyone else who's not named UC Kikuchi, I don't care about in the slightest. I actually have no idea who UC Kikuchi is, but they signed him to a $56 million contract over four years, so he's probably quite good. Uh, Yusei Kikuchi is the latest and, so far as I know, only Japanese ball player to come over to the States this season. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, So the Mariners won that sweepstakes. It was a little bit confusing because everyone was like, why? Um, (laughs) Clearly you plan on being bad, but, I mean, fuck it, why not? The the Mariners are uh, strong in a strong market, and they have not too much other money on the book. I mean, you look at all these contracts, the one you said uh, for Tim Beckham, 1.75. You look at uh, Dylan Moore, one's less than a million dollars. The Corey Gearin one's 1.5, and the Ruben Alani's one is uh, uh, $555,000. So, uh, yeah, Uh, the Mariners are are going to be bad this year. I think everyone expects them to be bad this year. Um, I think that it was their intention to not be good this year. So, they're in a teardown. I think DePoto's doing it the right way. He's shedding 
payroll while also stacking a farm system while also being able to field a competent major league team on the cheap. I think it's interesting, um, although, as I said, where they will be bad. Yeah, I mean, they really overproduced last year. They lost some key pieces. They're going to be a not-so-great team this year. Yeah, but, you know, is what it is. That's the the way she goes. The uh, Mariners fans are going to have to continue waiting to have a season that actually brings them something to root for. So shall we move to the Texas Rangers? Yep. All right, they signed two major league deals. Zach McAllister, Lance Lynn as Drupal Cabrera, Jeff Mathis, Jesse Chavez, and Shelby Miller. Uh, give me some takes. Uh, Asudrubal Cabrera, I'm sure I'm butchering that name, uh, as Drupal Cabrera, excuse me. Um, not a bad signing. Um, Lance Lynn, not a terrible signing. I mean, none of these guys. Oh, I think that one's, I think that one's awful. Really? Oh my God! Thirty million? All right, I'm with you on that one. Yeah, no. If, if they got him for <laughs> for like three years, I don't want to disrespect Lance Lynn by saying a stupid low number, but I'm sorry. Three years and like fifteen million, I think, is yeah. not bad. That's um, what I would have let's expected. Look at, let me pull something up real quick. Let's just see what MLB trade rumors had, if they had anything for Lance Lynn as a projection. Um. Yeah, they had two years, sixteen million. So they were a little bit more generous than me. Um, but yeah, that 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 they way overpaid. But I guess they need starting pitching, so whatever. Yeah. Um, sorry, I cut you off. Any other thoughts with this? No, not really. I don't have any either. As I said previously, the Rangers were bad because their pitching is bad, and so the response to that was to pick up two starting pitchers, two relief pitchers, three relief pitchers, and then a couple of minor league relief pitchers. So they they are also aware of their faults, and they signed as Drupal Cabrera, who's a good player, and I feel bad for him because he will be on a bad team while coming from uh, a career or a few seasons with the Mets, who are also a uh, bad team. So he's going to just be spending his eternal career on bad teams, and he seems like a nice guy, and that's kind of sad, but at least he's getting paid something. Yeah, at least. All right, the Angels. They signed Cody Allen, Trevor Cahill, Jonathan Lucroy, Matt Harvey, and Justin Bohr. Um, I love the Cody Allen signing. I know he was kind of... Uh, what's the word? He underperformed last year. Um, I still think he's a top reliever in baseball. Maybe not top tier, but he is a very good reliever. Justin Bohr, I think he's going to produce for them no matter what goes on. Um, Trevor Cahill, again, he'll start for them. He'll do fine. Jonathan Lucroy is nothing to write home about, uh, especially at this age. So, I mean, I like their free agent class. I don't think it's anything that's going to push them towards Super Bowl contention, but whatever, they got Mike Trout, can't complain. Yeah, the, the, these are all baseball players, and I I, <laughs> I, I think the Luke Roy signing's great. I, I really like Jonathan Luke Roy as both seemingly a dude and 
as a catcher. I think he's a, a really great defensive catcher, not a bad bat. Uh, Matt Harvey's just trying to get by in life, and they need pitching, so it seems to work out. Uh, same thing with Trevor Cahill. So I honestly couldn't even pinpoint to you what the Angels' problem is. Uh, obviously, they're not good. I'm not even sure really if I could put my finger on what it is about them that's not good other than the obvious they don't win enough games because um, their pitching's like so spotty like there's they'll get everyone on the their pitching staff seems to be a two-faced pitcher who will throw a great game and then the next start will throw such a bad game you wonder how the fuck they're in the majors so maybe yeah. that'll change since they hired a new manager this year and they can get some kind of consistency out of the players they do have because if everyone played up to their potential they would not be a bad team but as of right now, I'm not impressed by the current makeup of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim because they have <laughs> never given me a reason to be. So if you had to pick a if you had to pick a um, division winner for the AL West, who would you pick? I mean, if you pick anyone but the Astros, you're insane. You're a fool. Who do you think comes in second? Um, I still think the Angels will but mostly just because Mike Trout's going to be dragging them by their ankles to second place rather than them being able to put together a good team. Yeah. That and uh, all these other teams are garbage. Well, I, I think I'm going to pick the A's just because they just did it, and they did it decently convincingly. Uh, if, they had a, if they had a first half of the season that looked anything like their second half of the season, then by all means they would have – they they almost beat out Houston for the division last year. Yeah. Like they had I just, a great I just don't season. Don't know how their pitching year. is going to hold up. I mean, outside of Sean Manaya, they have nobody. I mean, I wouldn't even really trust Sean Manaya that much. I, I'm mostly yeah, going exactly. based on their their uh, abilities with the bats to carry That's them, true. only because the that division fucking sucks. So, outside of the the Astros, of course, but yeah. we'll see. All right, so last year we had the um, the Red Sox as the one seed with 108 games, and then um, the Astros came in second, the um, Indians came in third with the Yankees and the A's making up the two wild card spots. Um, and as of right now, you're saying, uh, what would you say would, would be changing in that playoff, the AL playoff picture for next season? I think the Yankees are going to take the one seed. I think the Astros are going to stay at number two with the Indians at three. And then I think it's probably going to be the Red Sox in wild card one. And then I guess the Angels in wild card two. I don't know. I think that's going to be a close race between them and the A's, like you said. Um, I just don't see anyone in any of these divisions like maybe the Rays if they can figure out their pitching just because I want them to succeed more than I think they will but yeah that's what I got for their AL playoff picture yeah I was gonna say the the AL wildcard two spot seems very interesting because I think Mm -hmm. the one spot will go to whoever does not win the AL East between the Yankees and the Red Sox but the AL two spot, I could see it potentially going to the A's, the um, the Twins, if everything goes their way, the the Rays, and as you said, uh, you have a mod- modicum of faith in the Angels. I say that's 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 fair to have some faith in Mike Trout. It's hard to bet against him. <laughs> so, it, it, I think it'll be an interesting race as well. Um, 
of the remaining free agents left, uh, who do you think would make the most sense in uh, American League uniform? Like, if you had to pick a team for, like, Bryce Harper to go to, for Manny Machado to go to, um, where, where would you, where would you allocate these players? Um, I honestly have no idea. For Bryce Harper, I don't see him going to the American League. I really don't. Um, I could see Manny Machado going to the Yankees as a third baseman, not as a shortstop. I think that would work out well for them. Um, I mean, Craig, Craig Krim, fucking Christ, Craig Kimbrell, I could see going to a team like the Red Sox who need a closer, you know, I think that matchup would work great. (laughs) Um, he's just asking for so much money. That's the only problem with him. (laughs) He doesn't really deserve it. Well, not at his asking price. He deserves a large contract. He doesn't deserve what he's asking for. Hopefully no, it ends up no being a, uh, he's asking for. Right. Hopefully it ends up being a J.D. Martinez situation for them where they can sign him last minute to just under what he's asking for and it ends up working out. But I don't see him going anywhere else in the AL right now. Maybe to the Indians, but they kind of showed that they don't want to spend too much money this year. Yeah, they, they were very – I mean, they were getting ready to trade between um, – uh, Kluber and Bauer, so yeah, I don't think they're they're not feeling the up. the whole mood to trade or uh, sign a, a, a an expensive player. Uh, just right. had to, just because I thought it was I thought it was interesting. Um, how much money um, in total payroll do you think the Red Sox have committed as of as of right now? Oh, I could for the twenty nineteen season. Guess. I could just not give even me begin a, to guess. What are the Yankees at? The Yankees have one hundred eighty four thousand. Um, Sorry, one hundred eighty-four million. Jesus, yeah, thousand. <laughs> please, um, um, for on the books for twenty nineteen thus far. I'll say one sixty-three. Oh, you're 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 so wrong, my sweet summer child. Uh, Two hundred and twenty <laughs> million dollars. Fuck. Yeah, they they still lead. Oh, they're well, the, so fucked. That's why they haven't signed anybody because they're yeah, they're they they're at they're tapped out. Um, where do you think the Astros are right now in total payroll? I think they're at a cool two hundred. Uh, 128. Holy fucking Christ. Yeah, th- so that's kind of what's interesting. I-, I didn't realize that either, which is why I just brought it up. Um, so they're outside the top 10, the number 11. The Seattle Mariners have more money on their books right now for next season by almost $20 million, um, which really makes it more interesting to me as to why the Astros haven't signed, right. say... I can't imagine it's just Bregman. There's that's so much money to spend when you're one of the top five media markets in the country. I mean, like, why, why going after Harper, man? Not even that. I mean, why aren't they re-signing Dallas Keuchel? I mean, like, their starting pitching was well, like their whole deal last season, and now Keuchel it's was not good last year. He was serviceable last year. Who do they have this year? They're starting. But he was. They're so starting expensive with, just to be a serviceable guy. But they have money. Yeah, like that's what I'm saying, dude. They're they're going to start a minor league pitcher over over a mildly too expensive Dallas Keuchel, whose ceiling is a Cy Young winner, because he won <laughs> a Cy Young award. Good points. <laughs> I mean, I'm not ruling out him coming back to the Astros. Still, I could no. Still I think it's the most likely landing spot. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, that's um, really I mean, surprising, other, isn't it? What other 
headline pitchers are there? I mean, Corbin was signed. Ivaldi yeah. was signed. Um, Kikuchi was signed. You just learned who he Hinjin was today. <laughs> yeah. No, Hinjin Hunjin Ru signed his uh, qualifying offer with the Dodgers, uh, he so he, he's there. Okay. Yeah. Which I think was the right move, and also good for I mean, Hunjin Ru being a an inspirational South Korean uh, ball player. Uh, Love him. I mean, it's really just Keiko left. I yeah, pretty it. much. I was when when you were talking previously, I was combing through the remaining unsigned free agents to see if there was anyone like really big I should bring up, and like there's names people would recognize. Uh, Marvin yeah. Gonzalez isn't signed yet, um, but in terms of like pitchers, uh, Doug Fister sucks. Edwin Jackson <laughs> sucks. Clay Buckholtz has, is, Edwin, is still a great name. He still had a couple of really great seasons, but I, he's, he's not a guy you should be banking on by any means. He's at the end of his career. And uh, Dallas Keuchel, I mean, that's kind of... Jeremy Hellickson's out there, if you want him. <laughs> um, Bartolo Colon's there, doing his thing. Wade Miley. But, like, these aren't these aren't guys... You go, fuck, man, I need Wade Miley, you know? Yeah, yep, yep, yep. You were saying Edwin Jackson earlier, and I was like, I don't know why, but I immediately thought of Edwin Encarnacion, and you uh, said he was not a good player. I was about to stab you in the throat. But I know, Edwin Encarnacion rocks. Yeah. Love him. Edwin oh, Jackson seems like a really cool dude, but... Is not a great ball player. What he was on the A's last year? Yeah. Yeah. It, which, great. yeah, I mean, he filled a role, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. I yeah, I think the AL is relatively going to be unchanged from next year. I think the wild card race is going to be really. It. I think there's a single interesting division race that could be possibly looked at right now. I know we said that something funky could happen with the AL Central, but until something does happen with that, I don't think it's anything to really be like, watch out for it, you know? We also forgot to mention that Edwin Encarnacio now plays for the Seattle Mariners. Oh, he does. That's right. Good for him. Bad for the Indians. Again. Isn't everything. in this episode. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts on the American League? Um, no, I've voiced my concerns. Yeah, I, I I think, like I said, it's going to be relatively unchanged. It'll be a fight for the AL East top spot, as it kind of has been for the past like, three, two, two years. I'll say two years. I don't want to be overly generous to the Yankees as a homer. Um, but Really? By and large, I, I mean, players have shuffled around, but I don't think any comments from last year are untrue this year in that the Red Sox uh, bullpen's still a question. The Rays are still poor. Um, The A's are still poor. The Astros are still amazing. So, I mean, I think pretty much every storyline that existed last year in the American League is going to remain that storyline this year in the American League. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, yep, I agree with that. All right, so let's get started on the National League then. Yep. Uh, At least is my first one. I I would, yeah. Why not? That's the order we did the other one in. So let's start with the division winner from that one, the Atlanta Braves. Oh. (laughs) Ha. Funny. 
Funny, funny jokes. Um, the Braves signed Brian McCann, Nick Markakis, and Josh Donaldson. I like this a lot. Oh, yeah. I'm a big fan. I like this so much. I mean, I know it's not much, and I know that they lost. Um, Anibal Sanchez is no longer on the team, and I think one other starting pitcher might not be there, but I can't remember who it is. But by and large, I mean their only competition is going to be if the Mets can actually pull it off, which I think is I think is fair that they could, and if the Nationals can fix their, I I think that the Braves are a solid team. Um, coming into the season, I think that these moves objectively make them better, and uh, outside of pitching concerns, I think hitting wise this team's great. Yeah, I'm with you 100. Um, percent I mean I don't think. Brian McCann adds too much at this stage of his career. Uh, Nick Markakis is still the same guy he was last year um, at a decent value for them. I love the Josh Donaldson signing, um, especially if he can come back to being what he is. Um, Yeah, I mean, offensively, they're going to be one of the best teams in baseball, pitching-wise. Big question, Sure, yeah. I mean, they have pitchers. I mean, they have guys on their roster that are being paid to pitch a ball. I don't know how good they're going to be, but yeah, I mean, I could see them finishing up right back at the top of this division next year. Yeah, the reason I like it, and, and you kind of just, just touched on it, is that one of the reasons the Braves are in the position that they are in is because their farm system for the past like four, three or four years has been, I mean, top five in baseball. I mean, their farm system is so good. And we saw that with... um. Uh, Ronald Acuna coming up this year and Ozzy Albies coming up last year and they've got I'm sure other younger dudes that are possibly on the way that um, are ready to make an impact at, at some capacity and that's why I like these three signings because these are three veteran dudes that are probably at the end of their careers but still I mean these are three dudes you can rely upon to give leadership and to do their jobs these are very much so professional baseball players so that's why I like them. Also, they're going to need Sean Newcomb to be better, but that's a side note. I mean, just looking at their top prospects in Baseball America's top 100, they have one, two, three, four, five pitchers in the top 80. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, Tuki Toussaint we saw last year, Toussaint, however you pronounce it. Um, he was very good last year. Mike Soroka, again, very good last year after he was called up. Um, they're ranked 25 and 53, um, so we'll see what these other guys have to offer. I mean, they should have a pretty decent young class of uh, pitchers this uh, upcoming season. So, best of luck to them. Yeah, why not? So let's move over to the Phillies then, because I, I think they finished second. Um, they signed David Robertson, Andrew McCutcheon, uh, Sugar Shane Robinson, uh, which which is a, a very bad minor league player, and uh, one other minor league player. So really, just two major leaguers in David Robinson and uh, Andrew McCutcheon. How do you feel about these only two moves? I mean, Andrew McCutcheon is a god and cannot be touched in terms. I love of him so much. Fandom. Love um, him so much. I hate that he's wearing a red pea on his hat now instead of a yellow one. Um, but I think you know great signing love the guy hopefully he can uh, have a little bit of a bounce back this year 
I know you know a lot more about David Robertson than I do. Um, I actually think I actually think Kutch had a pretty fair season last year. At least when I got a scene with bad, the Yankees, no. I I know. To my understanding, he did better with the Yankees last season than he did with the Giants. He was not um, good with the Giants. Part of that, yeah, part of that could just be because Yankee Stadium is significantly smaller than what is mm-hmm. now Oracle Park, although it was previously last season AT&T Park as they mm-hmm. changed naming rights. Um, but the man's got a great eye. He's going to make their defense so much better, like right off the bat. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Especially that, if, that, uh, I mean, sorry, you finish what you're saying. Mine's no, 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 go, go, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, especially if they can land Harper, which is what I've heard them rumored to be able to do. Yeah, my, my thing was just getting uh, Reese Hoskins the fuck out of left field. Because, <laughs> Jesus Christ, they have so many first basemen. Oh, jeez. Uh, and David, Roberts, team is David Robertson's great. I, I love David Robertson. He is... Um, although not one of the, the greatest Yankees of my lifetime, one of my favorite Yankees of recent memory phenomenal dude great ball player i i mean he he he's got such a head for the game he he's got great command a great pitch selection he's one of the most gifable players i've ever seen <laughs> and he, he like when i say he's a good dude he is a good like when he gave reasons for why he picked the phillies one of the first three things he mentioned was their charitable work which i've never heard any player mention Ever as a free age, as a reason to go to a team in free agency, um, like mm-hmm. he is really, I I have such a special place in my heart for David Robertson. I wish him nothing but the best. Like I'm so excited for him to get to close again. I mean, that's how I feel about Andrew McCutcheon. Just nothing but the best. Yeah. Hope he has a tremendous year in Philly. You know, I'm still gonna wear yeah. his jersey every single chance I get. They made their team so much more likable <laughs> with these yeah. two signings. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> All right, so so let's go to the Nationals, who did did quite a bit. Uh, they so they have Brian Dozier. Um, they signed uh, Kurt Suzuki, Anibal Sanchez, Trevor Rosenthal, Patrick Corbin. I forgot about that, and Matt Adams. So there's a lot here. These are all major league deals. And if you let me just do some really quick math, because if if you total up the value of these contracts, that's actually that's almost uh, 175 million dollars right there. Oh, it's almost 200 million dollars. Because it's one hundred forty million from Patrick Corbin, and then about twenty million to Anibal Sanchez, which is bizarre, and then another twenty million to Kurt Suzuki and Brian Dozier. Yeah, they they that's a lot of money they added this offseason. What do you make of it? I mean, re-signing at Matt Adams is what it is. He was above average last year, nothing exceptional. Patrick Corbin is a huge get, especially if he can continue the season that he had last year. Um, Brian Dozier. Let's see if he just has a couple more years in him, you know. I'm not super excited for the – I'm not super looking forward to seeing the end of his career come so soon, like it kind of showed last year. Um, so hopefully he can stretch that out a little bit. Um, as far as um, Kurt Suzuki, again, not much left in the tank. Um, not a huge signing – I don't think. And then as far as Trevor Rosenthal and Anibal Sanchez, kind of sure, I guess. I mean, I'm not really torn either way on either one of those guys, so we'll see. Yeah, Anibal Sanchez would have to – he had a bounce-back season last last season. Last season's not the standard Anibal Sanchez. That was the 
turn around, oh, wow, that's a great season from a Anibal Sanchez kind of season. So he would need to do that again for this to be remotely worth it. I, I'm actually quite surprised. Because he's also not young. Isn't he 36? Uh, I just pulled up his baseball reference page. He is 35 in like a month. He'll be okay, 35 so, by the start of spring training. All right, so close enough. Yeah, um, he, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I think it's a little bit weird because if you ask me what the Nationals needed, starting pitching wouldn't have been my pick even before they signed. Well, I mean, everyone can always use starting pitching, but especially after signing Patrick Corbin, I really can't say, wow, they really need to go spend $20 million on another starting pitcher. Not saying it's bad. I mean, Anibal Sanchez is serviceable. I think that's fine. Yeah, shit just kind of is what it is. One of the things that's not listed here is that they also acquired Jan Gomes. So they have Jan Gomes mm-hmm. and Kurt Suzuki, which is interesting. I'm very no, interested in seeing how that... I, I can't even call it a platoon, really, because they're both right-handed hitters, aren't they? Unless Kurt Suzuki's left-handed, uh, I just don't know about it. Jan Gomes is a switch hitter. Oh, then I guess that makes even less sense, actually. Anyway, um, I, th- I think in short, the Nationals underperformed this year, and I would expect them to perform at their um, closer to their estimations than they did. So I'd say they're going to be, on paper, the biggest competition to the previous division-winning Braves. But, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm they're a good team. I just looked up his baseball reference page uh, for Jan Gomes. Um, do you know what they have down as his nickname? Yanni. Obi Yan. Really? Yeah, that was great. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> All right, uh, so let's move on down to the Mets. Our fourth place Mets. They re-signed Juris Familia. Um, they signed. Oh, Roger Davis. I didn't realize that. Uh, they signed Jet Lowry. Uh, a bunch of minor leaguers, Justin Wilson and Wilson Ramos. What do you think? I mean, I would say Wilson Ramos is the only guy here that I think is significant. Oh, let me also add that they I mean, did trade for Robinson Cano. That, that is true. I mean, Jed Lowry is a nice pickup. I like Wilson Ramos. I like Robinson Cano for what he has left in the tank. Um, I mean, I don't think it's going to make the Mets a competitive team in any stretch, but, um, you know, not a bad signing group of signings. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, all these signings are, are definitely good. The Mets had terrible luck last season with both of their starting catchers getting injured. So they were using two minor league catchers, which hampered the offensive and defensive production from those positions. Their defense was bad. And their hitting was bad. Their pitching was fine. Their bullpen was bad. But their starting pitching was good. So these moves all seem to reflect that. I I think they all Mm -hmm. make sense. The thing I'm a little bit confused about, though, is that they're now sporting uh, three second basemen. And I have no idea what they're planning on doing about that. Because they have Jeff McNeil, the minor leaguer they called up last year, who played very well. Mm-hmm. Then they traded for Robinson Cano, and then they signed Jed Lowry. So now they have three second basemen. Um, they're supposed to, according to you know what everyone thinks the timeline is, B- 
be calling up Peter Alonso this year to play first base for them. So I imagine you wouldn't want to log jam him in the year he was supposed to come up and be productive unless you planned on trading him, which I don't know why you would do that. Right. They don't have a um, – no, they have someone that – they still have Nick Ahmed at shortstop. Ahmed Rosario. Ah, it sounds go. so similar. So they have Ahmed Rosario playing short. They still have one year left of Todd Frazier at third. I, I, I wouldn't feel bad – or if I was the Mets about putting someone at that position in, in lieu of him. But then one of these three guys isn't going to be playing. Because I'd assume you'd want to keep, um, what did I just say his name was? Ahmed Rosario at Ahmed Rosario. Sh- at short. Then you want one, or you want two of Lowry, Cano, and McNeil playing second and, and third. And then I would assume at some point you're going to want to con- call up uh, Peter Alonso to play first, so I'm guessing they're going to end up using Lowry as a utility guy, would be my assumption. Put McNeil at third, put Cano at second, and then, and then yeah, like I said, Jed, Jed Lowry is your day off, uh, you need to go play second guy, I guess. Realistically, I could see them just postponing Alonso's call-up for most of the season, and then just keeping either Lowry or Cano at first, um, maybe switching them around. I don't know. I think uh, this is actually a good problem for the Mets compared to all of the other problems they seem to be facing every year. Um, I mean, hey, your team is so injury-riddled every year, might as well have an extra player to fill in the gaps. I think, once again, you've made a phenomenal point in that we're usually talking about how the Mets have no one to play any position, and now we're talking about the Mets having too many viable major leaguers. So you're, you're right, you're right. In terms of the previous Mets seasons, this is a very, very good problem to have. Um, I mean, how old is Cano now? 36? Holy shit. Yeah, but I he's still so good. He's still just I so know, good. But like... <sighs> he, he is immediately the best player, the best batter they have on that team. Immediately. I mean, still though, like Lowry's thirty-four, Cano's thirty-six. Those aren't exactly the healthiest guys on any team. No, I think we'll that see. they're more so there uh, as stopgap players to try to get some kind of level of competitiveness out of a team that's in an in-between where they have really great starting pitching uh, right now, but they don't have their minor league position players ready right now so you why not get a couple of, I, th- I think it makes sense i think brody's done a, a much better job than i was anticipating thus far but let's let's spend you know some time talking about our our, our good friends the miami marlins who um have signed two minor league players and no one else so is there anything to say about the miami marlins right now uh, i mean they're gonna be once again battling the orioles for being the laughing stock of the league I think we're one year closer for one year closer to seeing Derek Jeter becoming a laughingstock, you know, no biggie. No, because next season he gets into the Hall of Fame. <laughs> we'll see about that. I don't think it's not, no, if, no, I, no. not if my vote has anything to do with it. Corwin, they don't really count your vote. <laughs> Well, you send it in every year, but no one acknowledges it. <laughs> no, um, actually, if, honestly, the Marlins are in such a better spot than the Orioles. It's not even funny. Don't forget, people, the Orioles didn't sign international free agents. 
like they refused for years to sign international free agents. They don't have any up until last season. Like the Marlins just signed Victor Victor Mesa and Victor Mesa Jr. considered the two best international prospects uh, in the world and signed both of them. Like the Marlins are not going to be good. And I would, if you asked me to pick over under 65 wins, I'd probably take the under. But the Marlins are in such a better position than the Orioles, it's not even funny. The Orioles are so fucked. Anyway, who See, do you pick I to think, win this division? I think most importantly, we need to talk about them signing two dudes named Victor Victor Mesa and Victor Mesa Jr., who are brothers. Yes, I yes, their father named both of them Victor. And he named one of them Victor what twice. What's fucking wrong with him? Well, it's like George Foreman. George Foreman named all of his kids George, and then all of his female kids Georgia. My 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 buddy Dan, his his dad's name is Wilfredo, and he named his older, he named his firstborn son Wilfredo, and then he tried to name my friend Wilfredo, and then his mother was like, "Will Fredo, stop it! This is a bad name. We're not naming all of our kids Wilfredo." Oh, people are yeah man people are weird Victor, but Victor, Victor who would you Victor. who would you pick to win this division um I'm actually gonna put my money on the Phillies I I I think that there really are two and a half viable options for this between mm-hmm. um actually no I think I think if you picked anyone but the Marlins, you have a reasonable yeah. argument to make. Really, I truly think. I'm going to pick the Nationals just because I think they're the all most all-around complete team. And I think less would need to break their way for them to take it. They have better hitting. They have better starting pitching. They have a good bullpen. Um so I don't think they would need so much to go right for them, so much as that they would need to avoid things going wrong for them. But really, if you made your argument for the Phillies, if we had a Mets fan here making an argument for the Mets and a Braves fan here making an argument for the Braves, I think all of them would be coaching arguments. Yep, I agree with you on that. So let's jump into then um, the NL Central, shall we? Yeah, why not? You want to start with the uh, Bucks? Well, uh, d- oh, wait, the Bucks? You mean that's that's pirates. that's basketball? No, the Pirates. Oh, well, I, I thought you meant Milwaukee, since uh, Milwaukee won the division. Yeah, no, we could start with Milwaukee. So let's all right. So let, let's do the the Brew Crew. Um, where's the page I'm looking for? Because I have ten thousand fucking things open. Okay, the Brewers. They signed. Oh, that's right. They did sign Yasmani Grandel. So they signed Yasmani Grandel and. Corey Spangenberg. <laughs> Who the fuck are you? Jesus, Corey Jesus Spangenberg. To a major league deal. To Victor, Victor, and Victor, but Spangenberg? Come on. Yeah, dude. Oh, my God. Uh, so, what do you think of these only two? Oh, no, there's one more guy there. Uh, Jake Patritska, who I don't know who that is either. But anyway, what do you think of these of these these guys? Um, I mean, Corey Spangenberg... Spandenberg, what a guy. Um, I guarantee you I will never say or hear that name again. Um, I will say Yasmani Grandal. Hey, man, you lose out on Jonathan Lucroy. I think he was in, uh, was he in Milwaukee last year? 
No, Luke Roy was with the A's last year. Okay, my bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, can't say enough good things about him. All star, great hitter, not so great a catcher um, as far as framing, but that is the extent of all the information I know on Yasmani Grandal. No, he, he's a good framer. Oh, Jesus, I don't even fucking know anything anymore. That's okay. I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry about it. I really wouldn't. Um, yeah, they 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 improved a catching position. I think literally any team who signed Yasmani Grandal, bar like five, would have improved their catching position by signing him because he is one of the five best catchers in baseball. I'm a little bit surprised that they have not signed more pitchers, as they. I mean, they lost Wade Miley, which I know isn't a big deal because it's only Wade Miley, but that's a starting pitcher that they no longer have. So I, I was expecting them. They also employ the opener strategy and bullpen days, and they did a bunch of things with pitching because they were desperate. They don't have a lot of starting pitchers. I was expecting them to do more. I'm not saying that they won't be good still because their team is very good, and I wouldn't, I'm still expecting them to make moves throughout the rest of the offseason and through the regular season because to keep in mind, they are not a big market team. They're working on a smaller budget. But they have great ownership, and I think that the ownership really wants to see some wins this season, and they're, they're going to do their damage to get it, and that's great. So while these aren't huge moves, and there's only one name here I recognize, I think this is a win of an offseason for the Brew Crew. Uh, just looking at their depth chart right now, their offense next year is going to be one of the best in baseball. Um, mm-hmm. Their starting five is going to be rough. Um, Euless Chasson, Chase Anderson, Zach Davies, and Jimmy Nelson, with the fifth spot being up to anyone who can actually pitch a ball. I'd honestly so, bet it's going to be a bull, bullpen game that day. Yeah. I'd At least as of right now. That. Maybe they have so a minor we'll league see. guy that I don't know about, but... Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think that none of those five pitchers are bad. I just don't think any of those five pitchers are, like, really good. Yeah, I'm I think that. I don't it know. seems like a team full of, like, third and fourth starters, you know? Yeah. I just... I but don't anyway. know how uh, they're going to uh, win this division again without any pitching. I, I'm I'm very confident that they will make, I think more midseason moves than than offseason moves. But I definitely think mm. that they're, it's 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 not the final form of the team. Although when can you ever say any team's at its final form in baseball? Exactly. But anyway, let's go to the Cubs. So they signed uh, Danny Descalso. They signed Brad Brock. They signed Kendall Graveman and. Kyle Ryan. Those last two names I do not know. And they signed for less than $600,000 each. So, what do you make of these? I mean, I feel like the only two guys of note are Descalso and Brock. And yeah, of course. Yeah. Both of them are just kind of... I mean, the Cubs are good enough of a team where they can just add mid-level signees and not really change their status much. And I don't think it does. I think they're right where they were last year, just picking up where they left off. Yeah, I mean, between these four guys, they spent barely over, I think, a ten or eleven million dollars here. They, these are just, you know, we needed to fill out some spots. We needed a little bit of depth. We did a little bit. 
They are a very, very good team. They underperformed last year, but they're still a very, very good team, and I wouldn't worry about them if I was a Cubs fan. I understand that they, you know, every fan base wants their team to spend big money, and they wanted to go sign Harper or Machado or whatever, but uh, just like, you know, as a Yankees fan, my team's still going to be good if they don't sign those guys. I get it. You wanted them to. If they don't, it is what it is. So that mm-hmm. team's still primed to do well. The next team down would be the Cardinals. They signed Adam Wainwright. Shocker. Um, and and Andrew Miller. Yeah, I mean, I think the Cardinals had a phenomenal second half. I, I, I don't see the need for them to have done much. Oh, they also traded for Paul Goldschmidt, which is a huge improvement huge. for, like, yeah. again, everyone but maybe five teams in the league because I don't think there's five better first basemen than Paul Goldschmidt. He is... Uh, I would argue that that number is much smaller than five. Yeah, and you'd be right. Yeah. Like, like he's so fucking good. Like that team was scary as fuck in the second half of last year. Just got scarier. <laughs> what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I love Andrew Miller like a father. Uh, Paul Goldsmith's Goldie. I mean, there's not much you can say about him. Um, I definitely think they are contending for this uh, division right now, um, especially if they can get their starting pitching worked out. Um, they filled some holes, and I i mean, I hate the Cardinals so much. They are my least favorite team in baseball. I don't like that they added such good players, um, but fuck, well, you know, they are who they are. I know, I know you hate them, and I was about to say, I kind of love the Cardinals because they're this... No, 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 so because they're such a an... You're fan, and you like seeing other teams suffer? No, because I think it's so fascinating how they're they're... Definitely a small market team, and yet always competitive. They are always competitive. Yeah. They're never seemingly bad, and I think that that is just fascinating because they're such a it's such a baseball town, St. Louis. I have such a I have such a respect for it. So while you know what, I actually think I'm much more neutral to the Cardinals. I just really, really respect that organization because it is it's really impressive. And I, I know that I'm not going to spend much more time on it because I know you really hate them. So we're just going to move on. Um, so the Pirates, Corwin's yeah. team A, uh, they signed uh, Jordan Lyles, Jungo Sang, Lonnie Chisholm, and one minor league dude. Well, you're the Pirates guy. What do you think? Uh, surprisingly, they didn't sign anybody of note, um, which is truly the Pittsburgh way. Um, Kang was previously with the Pirates organization was kicked out of the country for getting too many DUIs and extradited back to Korea. So I'm not super excited to have him back with the team. Um, he was average with us the first time around, and he looked very bad last year when he uh, had a short stint with us late in the season. So, I mean, he's going to be behind Colin Moran at third regardless. Um, Lonnie Chisenhall is basically just going to be our – utility outfielder filling in where needed um i mean he's not going to knock any one of our big three guys in the outfield out um i don't know i mean the pirates aren't going to be great this year they've got some pieces here and there um but they don't i wouldn't say that they are strong in any one category yeah at this point i'm it's hard to ever be surprised that the Pirates don't do anything. I, I mean, in some respects, I also get it because maybe you thought 
that you could compete for the wild card spot, assuming that the Cubs were going to win the division because the Brewers didn't seem like they were really going anywhere, and the Cardinals didn't seem like they were really going anywhere, and then all of a sudden, I mean, that makes, that makes sense for last season because they, they did stuff last se- offseason, and then yeah. all of a sudden the Brewers and the Cardinals both decide, I want to be good, and just skyrocketed their, their production. So I, I, I do, I guess, get it to an extent where it's like, we're not going to win, why bother trying? But then it's like, you know, if you don't try, you're not going to win. So pick a I, lane. Yeah, I mean, there were buyers at the deadline last year when they were very clearly not going to make the playoffs. So I don't know what they're trying to do. We'll see. I can't I, uh, say I'm super excited to watch them this year, though. <laughs> I don't blame you in the slightest. Yeah. I'm here for Tyone, Marte, and Cervelli. That's it. Oh, well, who doesn't love uh, Francisco Cervelli? Dude seems like just a a righteous guy. Mm -hmm. So that brings us to the the Reds, who are not on on the um, MLB Trade Rumors tracker because they haven't actually signed any free agents, but they have been remarkably active this offseason in trades. Um... Starting with, and I, I I found this really like way too detailed page just on the Reds transactions list, so it might I might miss some stuff because I'm going to have to skim a little bit because it's super specific. But from what I can tell, the first thing that they did was they traded for Tanner Roark from um mm-hmm. from Washington. Then they had the big seven player deal with the Dodgers, where they got Yasiel Puig. Um, they also got a catcher by the name of Kyle Farmer. They got Matt Kemp. Alex Wood. They got Alex Wood, and I think that was it. I think that that's the four that they got, and then they sent three over. Um, they also signed or traded for, I should say, um, Sonny Gray from the Yankees. And I think that those are the big ones. So we have Sonny Gray, Alex Wood, Yasiel Puig, uh, Matt Kemp, um, Carl, Kyle Farmer, I don't know. But one would ignore him. Ten, and Tanner Roark. So we got a uh, couple starting pitchers, uh, some some bats. What, what, do, what do you think about this? Um, they actually look like a team this year, surprising to say. You know, like their outfield is still kind of on – the bottom of the barrel when it comes to MLB outfields with essentially just Puig as I would say MLB caliber. Their infield is surprisingly good now. I mean, I say now, I mean, I don't think anything changed in their infield. Uh, It's still just as good, but they have a rotation now. I mean, they have DiScalafani, Castillo, Rourke, Gray, and Wood as a solid starting five. Um, And uh, and Gray. And gray, Jesus, I think I said gray. Oh, maybe I just wasn't paying attention. I was trying to read and listen. Yeah. I could have been my yeah, bad. It is what it is? Yeah, um, I know they're getting killed a little bit because everyone that they traded for is in the last year of their contract. Though they did extend Sonny Gray, and everyone's like, "Why are you doing this?" And I think that the reason is is that people try to get rid of players on the last year of their contract, which means that they'll give you a player that they don't want. And prospects. And yep. that's pretty much what the Reds want. 
So, I mean, I, I think that this is... I think it's great, honestly. I, I think that, that Cincinnati is also very much so a baseball town above all else. It's where professional baseball kind of started, with the Reds being the first major league team. And the I think the ownership wants them to be good. And they're trying to field a team and build for the future. And I think this was a great way of doing it. I, I definitely think that this is a sign that they're going to make possibly more aggressive moves in the future. The possible, I think next offseason we might see more active more activity in long-term deals and free agency over trades uh, if, if they feel as though they can be competitive within the division this year. Because I don't think any of these moves really preclude them from doing it. Like, you know, having one year, these guys, let's just think to yourself, all right, well, if we can win 85 games with you know this team of one-year deal okay players if we really go for it next year get some more marquee players in here from free agency make some more marquee trades maybe we could push that to 90 wins you know that and now it becomes a whole mode of thought so i think this makes a lot of sense and above all else i think it's fucking fun man <laughs> i think this is it, it it's some team actually doing something remotely fucking interesting which I think is nice. So I'm all in favor of it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So shall we jump to our final division, the NL West? Well, who do you think is going to uh, win this division? Oh, that's right. You're right. I forgot to ask. Um, my my brain says the Cubs. My, my heart says the Brewers. What about you? Um, my heart says the Pirates. My brain says anyone but the Pirates, most likely the Cubs. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think this is going to be the Cubs division to lose for a while here. I think the Cardinals are also a strong option, but uh, I, I, I think I, they're I, still like a year or two away. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. So now let's go to the NL West. Yeah, let's do it. So as I, I mentioned, the Dodgers previously because they traded away four players that were starting regular players for them to the Reds. They also made some... In addition to their trade, they, they sent Homer Bailey to the Dodgers, who I would be shocked if he throws a fucking ball in Dodger Stadium. Um, Homer Bailey is one of the weirdest ball players in existence. He's, his name sounds like he's from 1880. He is very bad at pitching and has... Two perfect games? Yeah, I think so. Right? Now, the perfect games are no hitters. Like, he has more than one. But his career ERA is like five. Like, it's... His career ERA is 4.56. His 2018 ERA was 6.09, which paired nicely with a negative one and a half war. Oof. Can you can you easily find how many no hitter slash perfect games he has? Yeah, I'm looking for it now. I have a feeling that Baseball Reference just has an entire section based off of that. Yeah, this is actually the one thing I like going to Wikipedia for because they have it just so nicely laid out in that column. Yeah. He has right, there no hitters, two no hitters, uh, 2012 and 2013. Yep, there we go. I don't know fucking so, how, but he does. Yeah, 
he, regardless, he's not good, so I don't think that matters, but I figured I'd bring it up. They also signed Joe Kelly to a major league contract. They signed A.J. Pollock, David Freeze, and Hunjin Rue signed his um, qualifying offer. So, I really like these moves. What oh, yeah, do definitely. you think? I agree. Um, I think this definitely made their team better. Um, I have a soft spot for David Freeze just because he was on the Bucks for a couple years. Um, but, I mean, Joe Kelly strengthens that already pretty deep rotational bullpen. Um, A.J. Pollock is honestly a better replacement for Yasiel Puig. Um, Rue, I mean, I know the Dodgers always have their issues with staying healthy with starting pitchers, but I think he's always going to be their kind of end of the rotation guy when everybody's healthy. Um, so 18 million, I think is a little pricey for him, but at the same time, why not sign a guy that, you know, can pitch well in LA? Yeah, I think the qualifying offer makes sense because Rue is a really good pitcher when he's healthy, but he has health issues. Um, plus, with how weak the offseason has been, I mean, I think it makes sense for all sides. I like Rue a lot, um, in part because he is South Korean, and I want as many nations as possible to be sending their ballplayers to the U.S. I think it's great for the sport, and I love baseball, <laughs> and want it to be played everywhere. So, thank you, Hunchin Rue, for being great. Uh, but no, I, I I think that yeah, like you said, Pollock replacing Puig is an upgrade provided Pollock can stay healthy. I think Freeze is a great ball player, and um, I, there's no reason to feel bad about having him on your team. Kelly will be interesting to see if he maintains the season from last year because I don't think he's that good. I think he throws really hard and stayed healthy and somehow had it work out for him last year. I think I credit that more to the Red Sox pitching staff than I do Joe Kelly. But if that if they believe that they can get what the Red Sox got out of him last year, as the Dodgers are a very analytical organization, then it makes sense. Um I I don't like long term deals for dudes who rely on, on velocity like the Yankees did with the Rodas Chapman, although I guess it's kind of worked out. I mean, kind of. He's the highest-paid closer in baseball. I'm not sure it's exactly worth that. But what's his uh, salary? I think it was five years and like eighty-six million dollars was the contract. That's not terribly high. It's not terrible. It's not great because he has not stayed healthy and has been bad for some stretches. But it's not. It doesn't matter. We're not talking about the Yankees. Um, the Dodgers are good. They will be good next year. They will probably win the division. They will not be bad. These moves are all good. Involve good players. The Dodgers are good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> nice argument you had with yourself there, Josh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean there's nothing. It. Yeah, there's not there's nothing else to Dodgers say. Dodgers good. The Dodgers Period. are good. I, I have the Diamondbacks right here, so why don't we just transition right into them? They. Signed, um, Merrill, Merrill Kelly. Who the fuck are you? Uh, God, Wilmer Flores and Eduardo Escobar. These are some pretty good signings. 
I mean, I like signing Eduardo Escobar. He kind of had a resurgent year last year. Wilmer Flores is Wilmer Flores is what it is. Um, again, Merrill Kelly is the next Mike Trout. Never mind, he's a starting pitcher. What the fuck do I know? I mean, I don't know. This is okay. It's not really filling any of the holes left by Pollock, left by Owings, left by Goldschmidt. So I don't see how they perform anywhere close to what they did last year. But well, Last um, year they were quite bad. Yeah, which is saying something. Yeah, um, I think that's really what these moves are. Outside of the Eduardo Escobar contract, which is three years, twenty-one million dollars, which really then isn't even that much. Seven million uh, AAV is really not much to a team. Uh, the Yankees just gave more than that to DJ LeMahieu, who they're planning on using as a utility player. So they didn't commit much money. I see this as really just trying to fill out the roster more than anything else. I don't think they plan on being good this year or care to be good this year. So. I don't think there's much to say about the Diamondbacks. I mean, just looking at their depth chart, this is this is a rough team. I mean, outside of Zach Greinke, they have nobody of note. I mean, they really don't. Like, their second-best pitcher, well, none of their pitchers really were good last year in any sense of the word outside of Greinke. I mean, Walker is coming off of uh, Tommy John – Zach Guiley, Robbie Ray, and Luke Weaver all had very underperforming years. Um, that's really kind of been their saving grace these last couple of years, and I just don't see them pitching well this year. Yeah, I think they're going to fight with the Giants over who finishes last in that division because it's going to mm-hmm. be Dad Tober for the Padres, baby. But uh, anyway, let's move on to the Giants. <laughs> You're one of the worst people I know. Uh, and I embrace it. They signed <laughs> Pat Vendetti, Derek Holland, and Drew Pomerantz. Do you give a shit? No, I don't. I don't either. Um, Derek Holland and Drew Pomerantz both play baseball, uh, and Pat Vendetti tries to. So, they, yeah, I, I mean, the Giants don't pretend on being good next year. Let me ask you this, though. Do you think that they will trade Madison Bumgarner next year? I hope so. I think they I'm will. torn on this. I'm very torn. Your reasoning? On the one hand, it's the right um, long-term baseball operations move to make because you probably shouldn't re-sign him because you're not going to be good for a while, and so why not recoup your value? On the other hand, the Giants are a very, very proud baseball organization they take great pride in having their marquee franchise player being with that franchise for life willie mays never wore a different uniform they wouldn't let bonds go until he wanted to go well really he kind of got forced out at the end but i mean that's kind of was i feel like i feel like the giants got forced into that deal but like they, they really do value having their star players being in a giants jersey for life and i really really respect that well, I hate the Giants, so fuck them. So on the one hand, I, 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 it makes sense for them to trade him just cold on paper. I'm not sure I want them to, though, because I respect that they do what they do. 
I mean, if you do trade him, you're going to have to wait until he shows signs of being the same Madison Bumgarner that he was prior to his ATV accident because he did not show it last year, and I don't think other teams would be willing to pay the kind of price that the Giants would want back until he kind of shows some of that promise again. But then, then the question becomes: If you don't, if you decide not to trade him, then you have to resign him in my eyes. Because then, oh, why else absolutely. didn't you trade him? Exactly. So, if you don't trade him now, you're committing to resigning him, and that becomes a whole um, hornet's nest there. So, I, I, I'm interested in seeing what they'll do. I'm not exactly excited to see what they'll do, but I'm interested in seeing what they'll do. Yeah. Uh, let's let's shoot on down to the Rockies because I want to close with the Padres. So, Rockies. Oh wow, one guy, Daniel Murphy. <laughs> Still, not a bad uh, quality over quantity, I guess. I guess they're banking on their starting pitching being good again next year, which somehow isn't. Unfair. I mean, Kyler, Kyle Freeland's had a great season last year, and it was trending up for a while. And John Gray had a down year, so if he can kind of come back to form a little bit, he could be good. And um, what's the name of Marquez the? Marquez was phenomenal. Thank you, Herman Marquez was really, really special. So I get it. I'm really, really disappointed they didn't sign a catcher. Like, they had Jonathan yeah. Lucroy on, on the market. They had Yasmani Grandal on the market. Uh, apparently, Jan Gomes was up for grabs. You could have even got one of the older bats, like Kurt Suzuki or Brian McCann. Like, this was mm-hmm. a great offseason to pick up a catcher. And that was one of the... It's one of the, a black hole for the Rockies for, like, ever. And I don't get why they didn't do it. They really like uh, 35-year-old Chris Iannetta, I guess, you know? He's their guy. I do know that they have a younger catching prospect that they are excited for, uh, Tony Walters. Um, so we'll see what happens there. I guess. I mean, I think they. I don't think that they're going to be bad uh, this upcoming. It's so tough because the, the last taste that they left in my mouth ugh, was um, them getting swept via shutout in every single game in the playoffs. So that's not good. But I do think that they're built to be competitive and have a decent chance of decent chance of doing so. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So shall we move on to our our final team, the Padres? Yep, I think it's time. Okay, so the Padres, uh, they signed two players, Garrett Richards and Ian Kinsler. What? Do you think? I mean, Ian Kinsler, again, kind of like I said with uh, Brian Dozier, just he's older, very much on the wrong side of his peak, I guess. Um, I mean, I don't expect too much from him, especially on the Padres. Garrett Richards, I'm intrigued by, just by the promise he showed when he's healthy. The issue being, I don't think I've ever seen him healthy. Um, you know, it's the Padres. I have pretty low expectations. So, well, is isn't Garrett Richards um, out all of this upcoming year with the with Tommy John surgery? 
Did he really have Tommy John surgery again? I isn't wasn't that him? Yeah, he went Tommy. He underwent Tommy John surgery in late July. So yeah, he's out all of next year. So they're basically paying him uh, to not play baseball this year, and then to hopefully play baseball decently well next year. The Padres are in an interesting spot. They're in kind of the position the Braves were in. I'll say two years ago, maybe, where they have. Bless you. Sorry. No worries. They have an acceptable. Ah, not even. They have a they have a subpar starting uh, roster right now, but they have a phenomenal farm system with several dudes ready to come up. Um, Uriyas is ready to come up and play second base. And uh, Tatis Jr. is ready to come up and play short, uh, shortstop. Like, those two dudes are probably for sure going to come up at the same time and look gr- uh, and, and they have that uh, the catcher that they stole from the Indians. What's his name? Jan Gomes. Oh, um, uh, Maia. Yeah, Francisco, Francisco Maia. Yep. Who played great in the short stint he had up in September. Like... It, I know Eric Hosmer is kind of a joke because they signed him to way too much money and then he didn't play well, but he still has the potential to be a good, I'll say good, first baseman. So if, if those players all come up and all have the seasons that I think we would hope to see them have, that's not a bad spot to be in. Their infield would then look pretty good. They'd still need to get a viable third base option. Um which I think is perfectly accomplishable, and then just try to find some pieces for the outfield, which I don't know what their minor leagues farm system looks like right now outside of those two players that I had previously mentioned, but maybe they have some guys that they can try to play out in there or make some midseason acquisitions. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs this year just because a lot would have to break in their favor, but I'd say that they're in a favorable spot. I, I really think that like this is the turning point for the Padres organization this season. I don't think I'm convinced enough to say that this year is their turning point. I will definitely agree that they are in a much better position now than they have been in quite a long time. Um, Who do you think would compete soonest between the Padres, Giants, and uh, Diamondbacks? Man, that is just a terrible, terrible question. Um I think if I had to bet on it, I would say the Giants just because I could more easily see their older players having a little bit of a renaissance rather than either one of the Diamondbacks or Padres prospects immediately making an impact. Um, I will say if we're going just off of prospects, I would probably say the Padres. I think I would pick the Padres either way. I think the Diamond, the um, I, well, uh, no, I think the Diamondbacks are fucked, and yeah. they're probably not going to be good for a while. I think the Giants need to tear down, but at the same time, they have the money to do whatever the fuck they want. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they're going to need to tear down just so that they can get rid of the old players to make room for the young ones that they will eventually buy. Uh, but they have the ability to turn themselves around via capital way faster than the Padres do, but I just think that the Padres are in such a good spot since they have 
like no money committed to anybody aside from Eric Hosmer that if they show signs of life next season, this upcoming season, the next off season, I could really see the ownership group spending spending money, and I, I think that would be so cool. So I'm 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 in on the Padres. I'm ready to buy Fernando Tatis Jr. jersey in the brown because they're bringing back what, the brown. That's what I was going to bring up next. Was that they're bringing San Diego back the is going to become Brown Town? <laughs> Yikes! Oh, that's their slogan. <laughs> do, 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 do. Fuck you, San Diego. Oh, I'm ready. Who do you think is going to win this division? As if I really need to ask. I am insulted that you even asked me that question. Clearly, it's going to be the Diamondbacks. But obviously, it's going to be the Dodgers. Yeah, it's not even close. Who would you pick as your five uh, playoff teams in the National League? Uh, I think it's going to go Dodgers, Cubs, Phillies as the one, two, three. And then I would have the Nationals and the Rockies as the two wild cards. I All right, so I'll I'll go I'll go Nationals for the AL um NL East. I'll go Nationals, Cubs, and Dodgers and then for my wild card teams in this order, I'll say the Cardinals and the Brewers. I I think both now. I think both National League wildcard teams are going to come from the Central. Um, okay. Not the Pirates, ah, though, right? Never the Pirates. Yeah, I figured. Uh, the National League. So, I think I think the National League is becoming like the American League, where it's going to become uh, top heavy and bottom weak, which is the American League has been for the past couple of years because the bad teams in the National League got worse. And the good teams in the National League are becoming much better. So, I think... I mean, I... I there's definitely more teams that are in a competition mode right now in the National League. But I don't think it's so severe. So, like, the Marlins are just, You can write them off completely. You can write off the, the Padres. You can write off the Pirates. You can write off the Diamondbacks. You can write off the Giants. So I I think it's going to come down to whose season kind of goes the right way here. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Who would you pick as your um your World Series matchup if I forced you to choose something that's not going to happen for 7 to 8 or 8 months? I mean, I think the probability of having a Yankees Dodgers World Series is highly likely. Highly likely, as much as I am pained to say that. I'd be thrilled for that to happen only if it ended like the last time we met in the World Series where Reggie Jackson hits three home runs consecutively. Because uh, wouldn't it be hilarious if Reggie Jackson came out at the age of however the fuck old he is and uh, just mashed some dongs? In that matchup, I think I'd only be happy if... Both teams came down with like salmonella poisoning. I no, I think the only thing that would really make me happy about it is that uh, I love watching Sandy Koufax do things, and then he'd throw out a first <laughs> pitch again because he, he he's the the man, 
and he's Jewish, and he's from the East Coast, and I love him. So <laughs> he he is the greatest Jewish athlete of all time, and and I will buy. I hate the Dodgers. <laughs> I hate the Dodgers. I would proudly wear a Sandy Koufax jersey. Proudly wear that shit. I love Sandy Koufax. But we're going to move on because I could talk about if, Jewish people in baseball all day. Go Hank Greenberg. I just want to say, if I never spoke to you again, in 20 years, I would still know your exact stance on most things just because of yes. how readable you are as a person. I'm very upfront. <laughs> There's very little behind this. Okay. So one of the one of the talking points for this offseason is that it has been slow. It has been the talking point of last offseason and is now a talking point about going forward. So where do you what do you think is behind the lack of movement amongst free agents and the lack of money going to free agents? Um I think think it kind of goes back to teams are scared to kind of shell out these giant contracts that a lot of these top free agents are still expecting um i mean we saw it happen last year we're kind of seeing it again this year with the uh, low balls that uh rumored were to the low ball offers that machado was rumored to have received um i can honestly say that Compared to the NFL, I know almost nothing about the contracts with Major League Baseball. Um, This is definitely not my cup of tea. Um, I don't know. Like, it's definitely something that's changing. It's very clearly changing with the kind of money that these players are getting and the kind of contracts they're signing. I just don't know where it's going to end, if that makes sense. No, it, it does. And I actually had... I'll, I'll, I'll give my two cents, and then, then I have a theory I want to run by you that I was okay. thinking about the other day. But... So, it, I, I think for one thing, it's it's slow because of analytics. Which is so unfortunate, because I love analytics. They help you understand the game better, and they make it so that you can kind of play GM on your own, you know, and you can get a hardline answer for a lot of things which you were incapable of doing previously. You can now quantify a lot of things you weren't able to quantify before. And it's super fun, and it helps me stay in, involved and engaged, and I love it. But on the other hand, it it tells you the value of a player, which is proving to be bad for the player, because now teams don't want to invest in you just because they know your name. And just because fans will know your name. Because they're going to look at someone who is a rookie or someone serving on a rookie contract and they're going to say, well, see, he's worth three war, right? And they're not going to say that. They'll put the traditional numbers out there, but it'll amount to saying in, in, in more words, that guy we're paying $550,000 and we have for five more years is worth um, only say, two war less than you, you know, let's say that that's mm-hmm. Bryce Harper, right? Because he's, I'll say he's fair to put out of, at a, as being a, a five-war player in a given year. Because that's, that's a very good player. And we don't think that you're going to be worth $26.5 million, so $26 million more per year than that guy 
who's who's not making anything in terms of how much our business makes. And I, I, I kind of think that that's, that's got to be where it is at, where it's at right now, because we're getting to a point where all teams have adopted the analytics, whereas previously not all teams did. You know, the Orioles are only just getting around there. That's why they offered Chris Davis... Chris with a C. Davis, that gigantic contract when no one was giving out gigantic contracts because they weren't so up on analytics. Um, now, don't get me wrong. Chris Davis was a good player before that, and and his recent struggles are very much so recency bias. My point is more so that they just – that's a contract that would I don't think he would have gotten today if he hit free agency with the same numbers he hit free agency with when he did. And I, I think that's kind of where teams are at now. So that's great for fans because we can look at it and we can make points and estimations and talk with some level of intelligence on what's happening with the numbers. But I, I really think it's showing that our star players are performing at a measurable level greater than our average players. And if you can build a good farm system and a good development system that you can get not the same, but a, an acceptable to the team amount less than you're getting for a significant to the team reduced price. I think that's where we're at. Yeah, I mean, you put it so perfectly. I don't really know how to follow that up. Um, <laughs> cost analysis is big for any company, and I'm surprised it's taken so long to reach baseball to the extent that it currently is. Um, you know, like a lot of these teams and not, I would say in the past, but I mean, people always do it now and they do it in every sport. They get attached to the name and they don't really look at what they're producing, how they're producing it most importantly. And it ends up leading to bloated contracts and teams overpaying. So as much as I really just want to make sure all these baseball players just make it rich and never have to work another day in their lives. Um, I'm glad this is happening. I'm glad teams are getting smarter with their money and things are bound to even out and be a little more, um, there's gonna be a lot more parity, I think, in Major League Baseball, as long as this continues. I'm not happy only because teams are continuing to make more money while curbing the amount that the players are making. And I don't like that. If you told me that your average contract would go down, but the average pay of minor leaguers would go up, then I think that would be fine with me, and I could pallet that. But the owners also just forced minor leaguers to make less and did so via the Congress. So I'm not exactly thrilled with MLB ownership. Um because we've seen values of all sports franchises across, uh, well, different sports go up, and the fact that pay for players is going down or at least stabilizing, I think, is less than great. I, I one of the things I was thinking about in terms of you often hear teams. And this this is my my little theory. I, I was putting this more as a as a side note than I am anything else, because I don't think it matters that much. I just wonder what you were thinking is. Sometimes you'd hear that the teams just need star power. They need a big name to draw people out to the the stands. You're already shaking your head, and I know. I know. Because I don't think this is a thing anymore. And 
I feel like every now and then when I was younger, you'd hear about a team sign a marquee player just to put butts in the seats, you know? I, I don't think anyone cares anymore. I don't, I don't think... Like, if could you imagine if um, Mookie Betts signed on with the... with uh, I don't even want to say the Orioles. The Marlins, because they're even worse. Anyone would go to Marlins games? Do you think that would mean anything to the fans? I don't think it would. Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, we hear it all the time. You know, people go see the Yankees to go see Aaron Judge and go see Giancarlo Stanton. And that's definitely true for some fans who are just there to see the big-name players. But I think the major point is putting together a successful team, regardless of who plays for it. You don't need Mike Trout on your team to get people to come watch. Um, you just need a successful one. Yeah, I think, I think like the, 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 the 25th, for 2014 Kansas City, yeah, 2014 Kansas City Royals, who won the World Series. Mm-hmm. Name me a player that your average, no, that your average person would know. That was on that team, Mike Mustakas. I was gonna say we know who Mike Mustakas is. I bet if you, if I bet if you asked uh, a non-baseball inclined person, they wouldn't know who Mike Mustakas is. We know who Eric Hosmer is. They wouldn't know who he is because that that was the team was. They were a bunch of players that they managed to all find a role for and do well and rode that shit to a World Series. Yeah, because I th- I think part of the thing is like you don't need. The at-home viewing experience is so fucking good. You don't feel compelled to go to the stadium just to see players. And we see that with the NFL, because the NFL is having, I'm not going to say a problem, but I think attendance will probably go down for the NFL as well, only because winters are cold, and people get cold, and the inside is warm, and the things you like to have cold are also cold inside. So... People don't care, and tickets are so fucking expensive. Yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be one of the biggest issues going forward for all of these uh, sports teams is just that they think that they can charge whatever they want, and people will pay it. And unless you're the Yankees, that's not really true. Um, Even the Yankees agree to stay home and watch football in a nice heated room. With all the food you could want at reasonable prices, I definitely agree with you that the appeal to going to these games and seeing teams play is not what it used to be. And don't get me wrong, I'm a huge baseball fan. I go to uh, an, as many games as I really can in a year. I'm actually going to travel this year to go see the Yankees play in different stadiums. Like I, I'm a big baseball fan, but I'm I'm going to watch. 130 to 140 of these games at my house, you know, and that includes me missing, you know, 10 to 15 games because I'm just not going to watch them. Like, I, I'm I'm not going to get to the stadium that much. Also, just total side note, I hate, <laughs> I hate when, when Yankees fans say that, like, you know how attendance is always um, bigger at, at ballparks when the Yankees are in town? I hate when Yankees fans say, "Oh, it's because the Yankees rule, man." <laughs> People are there to see the, the, the. Yan- no, it's because it's New York. It's because we have. No, not even that. It's not even that. It's because where do you think most people who transplant go from? 
It's the biggest city in the country. If you if you moved from somewhere, like, if, like I, when I was in Colorado, I met more Boston fans than I met Rockies fans. And I asked a guy about it, and he goes, yeah, because a lot of people here move from Boston. <laughs> like, that, that's what happens when you, like, like if you're going to, that's why you never meet, like, Kansas City Royals fans in New York. Because no one goes from Kansas City to New York, but New York people go from New York to everywhere. Like it's it's that's the point. Like you have a better chance of going to a a, a bar in Missouri, uh, finding someone whose parents moved from Brooklyn down to Missouri for a job like thirty years ago than you do like any other team that isn't a team that plays in Missouri. Like it's. It's a big fucking city. Like that's that's how it works. It's not because we're <laughs> really fucking historic. It's because people move. Like ah, it drives me drives me crazy when I hear Yankees fans say, like, "I get it. You want to have pride in your team. That's not where it should come from." <laughs> away team attend away team attendance should not be where your pride in the Yankees comes from. You guys should raise that banner next year. Put it up in the rafters. Largest away team fan attendance in the league. <laughs> the most specific banner since the Predators put up that one for <laughs> winning the President's Trophy. Uh, God, I'm glad we, so, we think of the same things when we're making these references, and that makes me ha- very happy. Yeah, we're the same person with different voices. So, what do you think it would take to, I'm going to say, quote-unquote, fix the MLB offseason next year? Or in years going forward, to where you would see larger contracts, more akin to what players are used to getting in free agency. I'm gonna be real with you. I have no fucking clue. Like I would not even know where to begin. So, one of the things you always hear is service time, and I definitely think service time needs to go down. Like for sure, it needs it needs to go down. Like team control cannot be six years anymore. It's just too much. Mm. I think yeah. four has got to be the number. But at the same time, like we're looking at Harper and Machado right now, who are 26, which is what I assume the average would be now because usually players drafted um, out of college are like 21, 22. So uh, you'd expect them to be hitting free agency around 26, 27, maybe 20, even 28. Like, how much younger could they possibly get that it would affect free agency? Because these two dudes aren't making money at least the kind that they were expecting and I know they haven't I know they haven't signed yet and one of them could end up signing a fucking 300 million dollar deal I think we can both be real here and say it's not going to happen no, so I like I, that's what I think is, is so interesting I, I had another idea on this and this wouldn't solve free agency so maybe I'll say uh, no I'll just say because I already talked about it um, one of the things I hear teams complain about with spending money is that the problem that they have with the luxury tax penalties is that it becomes a competitive balance tax and that the money goes to their opponents, right? So, like, the Yankees got money from the Red Sox this year because the Red Sox spent too much money. Right. And that that's one of the main reasons that the teams don't want to do that. They also There's also been talk about a salary floor... But the um, the teams wouldn't would probably just end up giving out weird specific contracts or whatever. So I I, I had two ideas here. Mm-hmm. And again, this would not solve for agency, but I'll, I'll loop back into that. I just talked about this, so I figured I'd keep going. One, 
is your competitive balance money, why not just give it to charity, man? Like, MLB, MLB, no, seriously, MLB, take it, take it, just give it to fucking charity. Like, stop giving it to other teams. If, if that's really the issue, because the thing is, it's not a ton of money per team, and if, if that's the excuse that the, that the teams want to pull, because do you know how much the Yankees got from the Red Sox? No idea. $12 million. Do you think the Yankees care about $12 million? No. I mean, outside of extremely small market teams like Pittsburgh or San Diego or places like that, nobody's going to give a shit about that kind of money. Like, it's not going to change their operation status. Um, I don't think it would really even change their operation status as a small market. I mean, like, maybe it's help you sign one player, you know? Yeah. Like, it's just so ins- – so give it to charity. Or, or, you know, give it to the minor leaguers. You know, they don't – they might need money. Who would ever approve of that, though? So that's idea one. My second thing is, imagine this. So you have a salary floor, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't hit it, then whatever the difference is becomes a bonus to all your players. So you don't, like, let's say you're the Padres, the salary floor is um, $80 million. I don't know what average payroll is off the top of my head. Oh, wait, actually, I think I have it up in a tab. Um, and let's say you spend $60 million. Uh, so that $20 million now needs to be redistributed amongst the everyone on your 40-man roster. So it wouldn't be a ton of money, but it would at least be something. So it would force the team to want to spend money so that they're not paying overpaying all their players every year. So they'd go out and get, you know, real MLB players or at least give out better contracts to the talent that they've acquired and if they don't, then the players that you could say are underpaid or no, I don't think any player on a team that's making $80 million is getting paid um, enough to play baseball professionally, then they would at least get some extra earnings on the side. What do you think? I'm I not saying this is perfect. it's just weird that you would just have something in a CBA like that where it's like, oh, hey, if the team doesn't try – all your players just get bonuses? Like, that's just kind of a weird clause to have. Like, I'm not terribly against it. Um, I think it would... I don't know. Like, I'm just... It weirds me out just having something like that in a CBA. I'd no, much no, prefer I... seeing it, have it go to either the minor leaguers just to boost their payroll or to have it go to charity. I think that uh, that is also fine. It was just a, a thought. I understand your yep. concerns, and I'm not married to this idea. I'm not going right. to fight you on this. <laughs> <laughs> but so as I said, though, that doesn't really fix free agency because my thing at this point is I don't, I don't know how you're going to convince a team that a ten-year contract is worth it at this point. And I think it's a little bit disheartening because even if it's not ten years, three hundred million dollars for thirty million dollars a year. I mean, if it was ten years, a hundred seventy million dollars at seventeen a year, that's that's fine. Like that's a great contract for someone who's, um, if someone's twenty six, and I I, that wasn't even the the terms issued by the White Sox. They only offered seven years. Like, why are teams so afraid of the age thirty six season? I. I don't know what you could do to convince a team that long terms are worth it. I don't know what you could do to convince a team that that big money is worth it. And I I think that that's going to be the hardest part for the MLBPA to address in the upcoming CBA 
discussions because what can you possibly put in there to to not have worked around to fight for your players on it? It's such a unique situation. I'm starting to think that maybe we're not qualified enough to answer this kind of question. Just beginning to dawn on me after all this. Oh, we're certainly not qualified enough to answer this question. Maybe you and I just aren't uh, enough to uh, be commissioners of MLB. Well, if we were the commissioners of MLB, we would be fighting very, very hard against payers getting played. I mean, players getting paid. If I was the commissioner of the MLB, uh, it would be a Cleveland Indians, Pittsburgh Pirates World Series every year, whether or not they want to or not. Boom. Yeah, I don't think uh, whether or not they would want to. Yeah, the Indians yeah, are like, fuck you guys. but Commissioner Corwin, we don't want to play in the World Series. Win another World Series this year. Can't you give it to the Padres? Come on. What do you think Mike Trout would command if he was a free agent this oh offseason? Let's say, let's say Machado and Harper were not free agents, just so the market's a little bit less muddy, right? So it's really just just Trout on the market. What do you think? Like, do you think it would be hitting him this hard? The consensus greatest player in baseball? Like, where do you think he'd be at? I think he would be a lot closer to... I mean, if they really are getting hit as much as they are... as Okay. If Harper and Machado are really getting hit with these lowball offers as much as they are... I don't think he would be anywhere close to the $400 million contract that some people have wildly speculated. I do think he would be able to commandeer a $300 million contract, though. I think so, too. I I don't think anyone would argue giving that man $300 million to play for them. But It's just so tough because... I remember remember during the winter meetings, I had heard... um, Michael Kay talk about how he talked to an exec at a team he wasn't going to mention that they'd be more comfortable giving Bryce Harper a two-year, $90 million contract than they would giving him a seven-year deal. So they'd, they'd be more comfortable giving Bryce Harper $45 million per year for two years than they would be giving him for something for long term. So I, I, it, makes me, it really makes me think that, on the one hand, length is the issue because I guess you could view every additional year as as a gamble, and with every additional year, the gamble gets a little bit tougher to, I guess, swallow, or if it makes it uh, increases the chance of it going poorly. So they don't want to do it for that, and then you look at the dollars, and they said like the like the whole war discussion I brought up earlier. But Mike Trout just seems like such a safe bet. Like his his he had two DL stints, and both have been for very like freak things like now their one's been like a real like long-term baseball injury stubbed his thumb on a bag sliding into second base last year and did something weird this year it wasn't major most of his dl stint was because his brother-in-law passed away so mm, he's such a shame. really is especially because he was in the angels organization too but at the same time, like I don't think Machado's that much of a gamble. I think Harper's a little bit just because of how inconsistent he's been. But he's still so young. I, I, 
in my mind, yeah, I think I I think Mike Trout would get like a one hundred million dollar contract, but or three hundred million dollar contract. But part of me almost wants to say it'd be for eight years over ten, um, just because baseball's been fucking weird, man. Yeah, I definitely see things getting much shorter, and I think uh, as much as Harper wants to kind of lock in his career with the this next contract, I think he's going to have to go shorter and just hope that uh, he can stay healthy and stay consistent and land another big contract afterwards. All right, this will be our final non-statistical episode on baseball until the spring training games start. Amen. Do you see any big trades or free agency moves discounting Harper and Machado happening between now and then? Um, as much as I don't want to see it happen, I could see something going on with uh, Corey Kluber getting moved by the Indians. I really would hate to see it, but there's been so much talk going on about it. Um, I wouldn't be terribly su- surprised if, I, if he moved. Um. I I I think that the Red Sox are going to trade away players soon. Okay. Uh, I know that they've been rumored to be looking to trade away Xander Bogarts and someone else I can't think of off the top of my head. So I I think that they are going to look to shed payroll now that they have won their World Series. I don't think it's going to matter much because they're still super fucking good. But if I had to make a guess, I'm going to make my guess for the next three weeks that the Red Sox are going to trade uh, at least one starting player away and that the Padres are going to trade for one player, hopefully to start, possibly third base, and that they might take that player from the Red Sox if they can. That's my, my prediction for the next three weeks. Yeah, I wouldn't be uh, terribly surprised by those uh, either. Do you have anything else you'd like to say on the current affairs going on in sports? I'm all set. Um, Not much. I mean, the NHL All-Star break's going on right now. Other than that, not much is going on. I was going to say, I just want to give a shout-out to the NHL. Um, As much as I hate the Department of Player Safety, the NHL as an organization is very, very good. They're very progressive. They uh, were the very first organization to have a Pride Week. They have done a great job with community outreach. And for the first time ever, they invited a female ice hockey player to join in at All-Star Weekend and compete in the skills competition. So I just want to give a lot of props to the NHL for continuing to be a great source of community outreach and trying to inspire everyone that they can to play hockey. Because, for one thing, they need it, because not a lot of people people play hockey. But also, it is a very valiant thing to do, and I think it's really cool that they did it. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, I wish they showed more of it, because I know one of the female skaters technically won the passing competition during the skills competition um, on Friday night, and they never televised it. Um, So hopefully next year we get a little more opened up with this and we can televise the rest of the female participants. Um, But it's just great to see that they're even out there. Yeah, no, it's it's super encouraging. But that's the only thing that I have for for that topic. So 
Shall I do? Close it up. All right. So if you want to, if you want to give us a shout, you can reach us via email at juicing the numbers at gmail.com. If you want to hit us up on Twitter, you can do so at JuicingPod. It's JuicingPod. If you want to find our website and all the things that happen on it, you can find it at JuicingTheNumbers.Wixsite.com. It's JuicingTheNumbers.W-I-X-S-I-T-E.com slash website. And that's all we have for you today. I hope you enjoyed our very, very, very long discussion on baseball.